0: Thank you so much for joining us on Online Church today. If you have your copy of God's Word, go ahead and turn to Jonah chapter 2. We're actually in a series in the book of Jonah that we'll be in the next several weeks. And we'll be in Jonah chapter 2 this morning. Well, during this whole COVID-19 thing, uh, I had an opportunity uh, to watch something called The Last Dance. They went ahead and, and, and pushed that out there uh, because of the coronavirus, people being at home and things of that nature. And so over my lunchtime, I would eat and watch The Last Dance. Well, um, I lived during the 90s Bulls, and that was like the height of my basketball, you know, love. I mean, that's probably the love of my life besides my wife is basketball. Of course, Jesus, come on, right? Um, But I really, really, really love and loved basketball, uh, pro and college. Well, um, so I journeyed with the Bulls, and I watched them. And all I got to see was the games. I didn't get a lot to see a lot of behind the scenes. But on the last dance, if you haven't seen that yet, what was so amazing was you got to see behind the scenes of Michael Jordan and what, what made him great. See, Michael Jordan, they said, and his teammates and even opponents said, he was so intense at practice. Like practice mattered to him as much as a game did. It wasn't one day it mattered and one day it didn't. He was intense. As a matter of fact, when he went to baseball and he came back to basketball, they said, some of the guys said they had never seen a guy work out as hard as he did. He would work out hours on end. He was filming Space Jam. And then at night, here's what he did this is amazing. He would have actually fly other star players in to play basketball, to play pickup games. And here's what he did during pickup games he practiced all day. He did Space Jam. He worked out. And then he would scout them and take notes about their tendencies so he could beat them when they got, got back to the regular season. There's another guy, too, named Allen Iverson. Allen was a very good basketball player. Great, uh, um, didn't really have any championships or anything to prove greatness, but he was really good. But Allen Iverson sat in an interview one day, and he said, practice? Who cares about practice? We're talking about practice. Michael Jordan won six championships, was never beaten in the NBA's finals. Allen Iverson never won one. One guy valued practice, what was happening behind the scenes. He took great care of his body. He worked out intensely to be great. See, many of us in our lives, and I want to show you this, we all want to do something great, but we don't understand the work that it takes behind the scenes. And when it comes to our spiritual lives, I want to talk to you today about something that hap- has to happen to all of us behind the scenes if we will see something great happen through us for God. Matter of fact, this is Jonah's story. We've been journeying with Jonah. Last week, we were uh, with him, and we realized he drifted from God. He was sailing uh, to Tarshish, and God intervened, and he was ended up in the, in the belly of a fish. Not a whale, but a fish. And I want you to see what happens in that fish. I want us to look at Jonah 2. Remember why Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. Remember he hated the Assyrians. They were attacking the northern kingdom of Israel. They were tearing him apart. And he wanted God to drop the hammer of judgment. But he knew that God probably wouldn't because God was merciful and he would preach repentance. So he sailed in a different direction. He drifted from God. And then God puts him in the belly of the fish. And I want you to see what happens inside that fish. Jonah 2 says this. Verse 1, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. Now remember, it was almost like a hurricane that had happened, and he was thrown overboard. Jonah thought he was going to die, and the Lord sent a great fish to swallow him. And then Jonah prayed, and look at the prayer of Jonah. Look at what happens. It says, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean's depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves, and then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more to your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains, meaning below the sea. I was imprisoned in the earth and whose gates locked shut forever. Watch this. But you, O oh Lord, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turned Turn their backs on all of God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. I will fulfill all my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone, A Lord alone. Then, watch it, then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah up onto the beach. I want to talk to you this morning about. The power of God working in our hearts. See, we always focus on Jonah in the fish, but I've never seen anybody focus on Jonah too of God in Jonah's heart. Jonah was inside the heart of the fish, but God was doing something inside the heart of Jonah. See, God set Jonah apart for a season, not to punish Jonah, but to do a deep work in him. And I think many of us miss that in Jonah 2 and today what I want to unpack is is the power of God working in us and so if you have your notes handy write this down because this is what we have to get from Jonah 2 here's today's big idea and today's big idea is this it is more important to focus on what God does in you than what God does through you let me say it one more time and write this down if you can it's more important to focus on what God does in you rather than what God does through you. See, that's the difference between practice and the game. The game is you looking to win. You're in public form. That's what it was from Michael Jordan. He was in public at the game, but I'd never seen his practices before. I had never seen the behind the scenes. I didn't know the story behind what greatness really was. Listen to the late, great Kobe Bryant talking about details, how important the details of the game were, uh, were to him. See, many of us want God to work through us, but we don't want to deal with practice. Practice God. That's behind the scenes. Put me on the platform. And here's the thing. All of us in here need to realize that God wants to work in you. And when he starts working in you, then it won't matter wherever you go, he will work through you and do great things in your life. See. Here's what happened inside of Jonah while he was inside the fish. And there were three things that happened to Jonah. And hopefully this will happen in our lives as well. But the first thing is this. Jonah realized the faithfulness of God. Jonah realized the faithfulness of God. So he he, he, he saw that even the storm that God sent was God's faithfulness he realized even the destruction that was happening around him wasn't God punishing him, but God preparing him. And you look at Jonah's prayer and Jonah's uh, to God is that he realized how faithful God was to rescue him, to rescue him. The second thing that you see there was he actually returned to a passionate love for God. It was in the fish. It was in that part of being separated and isolated and and, and inside that moment, darkness, he restored a passion for God. Last week, remember I told you that if you're drifting from God, you, you, you'll lose passion? Well, inside the fish, Jonah regained that passion. How do you know that? Because he said, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to offer sacrifices. He began to talk about how great, he says, but you, O oh Lord, I remember the Lord and he rescued me. And Jonah returned to a passionate love for God while he was in that fish. God was doing a work in his heart. The third thing is this, you see that happens. He recommitted to the mission of God. Remember last week I said this, that if you are or have, have drifted from God, that you will end up losing focus on the mission of God. He recommitted to God's mission of Nineveh. And many of us have lost the focus of our mission of Nineveh. And what Jonah did inside that fish was he recommitted. He said, Lord, I will fulfill all my vows. Then what happened? Then then the fish spit them out on the beach and so i want you to realize in our lives it's so important to realize that inside when we're inside that fish in our life we're in that season in our life it's so important to realize what god is doing in our hearts so many of us are only focused on god get me through the storm god get me out of this fish but we never pause and say god you're doing something deep in my heart you're deepening my well of my spiritual, uh, you know, walk with you. And we forget of what God's doing inside of us. I want you to realize today, this is super important. If, if we don't get this today in our life, if we, don't, if, if we only focus on God doing something through us and us going and doing something for God, you're going to miss something. And here's what you're going to miss. You will miss the miracle of God ministering to you. You're going to miss the miracle of God ministering to us but especially to you as an individual. And one of the greatest things that you can see in your life is seeing God minister to you. Not just God ministering through you. And that can mean anything, parenting. That can mean your job, your vocation, whatever that is for you. That can mean serving the local church. That can mean sharing your faith. All those things are important. But your doing flows out of your being. So you're a human being, not a human doing. And many of us, miss the main focus first. The first thing we have to do is allow God to minister to us. When you look throughout Scripture, this happened throughout Scripture. Remember Elijah was so depressed, he outran a chariot. Like God gave him supernatural strength to outrun a chariot. Like Terminator outrunning cars. And Elijah gets to a point, he's depleted emotionally. He's he's just worn out. The adrenaline's worn off. The anointing's worn off. And he says, God, kill me. You know what God did? god didn't zap him with supernatural strength again god ministered to him he had elijah to slow down to sit down and angels brought him cornbread like i love me you ain't getting my cornbread some of y'all just got that right (laughs) they ministered to him and he took naps and god did something inside of elijah which propelled him to go do more ministry but he was worn out he needed to experience the miracle of god ministering to him And it took him crashing for that to happen. If you want to look at other examples, think about Jesus. Jesus fights the devil in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. Three big temptations come. Jesus is fasting and praying. And after that, he was weak, he was hungry, he was tired. And he rested and it it says the Lord sent his angels to minister to Jesus. Before Jesus ever stepped down and did anything, he allowed the miracle to. Of god ministering to him and let me tell you something we have to do that as well there's actually a um a habitude we use these for leadership at our church books called habitudes by tim elmore and and one of the habitudes that we use all the time is the starving baker and here's the the proverb of the starving baker i want you to imagine something with me imagine in our community in your local part of richmond they open up a brand new bakery. Let's say it's a Sugar Shack Donuts, right? Or I mean, maybe, maybe your Krispy Kreme. Whatever. However you roll, they open up one of those there. And you cannot wait to get inside. It's the opening day, and you and your best friend go to have some good donuts, right? And so you line up at the door. You're excited. It's taking a long time. You're saying, well, it's fine. We'll scroll. You know, we'll talk. We'll hang out. Weather's nice outside. And when you get in, you can smell the donuts. You can smell the bread. You can smell all the goodness that's going on inside that place. And as you get closer, you realize something. There's only one person working. He's making the bread, the donut bread. He's serving everybody. He's taking you know, the money. He's exchanging that. He's doing the orders. He's doing everything. And not only that, but you're thinking to yourself, if I worked at this place, man. Ah, ooh, it would be really hard to keep the pounds off. Why? Because the bread is so good here. But you, you look at the baker and then you something ironic hits you and you look at your friend and say, holy cow, do you see what I'm seeing? They say, yeah, I see it. He's emaciated. He is skin and bones. The baker of these donuts should never be skin. A good, the sign of a good baker is they're not skin and bones, right? That means they're eating. But you realize something and it hits you. The man who bakes bread for everyone else never bakes bread for himself. And you realize this. He has he not paused to feed himself, but he's trying to feed other people. See, that's, that's the miracle of God ministering to us. You've got to pause to allow the minister, the miracle of God ministering to you. You can't feed everybody else if you never allow yourself to be fed. That's like for me. I never get to attend a church service. I'm outside hosting with the host team until one of our last songs. I get to to enjoy about 30 seconds to a minute of worship. As you can tell, I'm preaching. There's nobody preaching to me. And so for me, what I have to do is I have to intentionally set apart time for God to minister for me because here's what I don't want to be. I don't want to be a starving baker. And that's what many of us are. We're wanting to do for everybody else and want God to use us to do stuff for others. But we're not allowing God to do anything for us. And we have to fight the urge to become the starving baker in our life. I want you to fight that urge. I want you to experience the miracle of God ministering to you in your life. And here's what we have to do. We have to become a person that values personal transformation. We've got to become people that value personal transformation. That's what it's all about. That's what the, of God ministering to you is about. God ministering to you is not about you getting fed, it's about you being transformed. And I believe too many of us just attend church. We just read our Bible for a checklist or we pray because that's what a good little Christian does. But I want you to change your scorecard as we say many times, you're not just looking to read the Bible. You're not looking just to get through the Bible, you want the Bible to get through you. Because you can sit in church your whole life, you can read the Bible your whole life, and never experience personal transformation. You can, you can grow old and grow older and get grumpier and get angrier and get critical and more bitter and more cynical, and you're never transformed. The goal of our relationship with God is that he transforms us, that we become more like our Heavenly Father. Why? So the world can see what our Heavenly Father looks like. That we can make Christ visible to the world. But you've got to value personal transformation over God just using you. And many people want to just talk to others and want to get up and preach, but they've never been processed. Let me say that one more time. Many people want to get up and preach to others, but they've never been processed. Processed in the secret place. They've never gone through pain. They've never experienced the belly of the fish because you're always, I said, as I said last week, trying to escape the pain. And so God has never processed you. You know, people will say to me, "Man, how did you get so wise?" Ha ha ha. And I don't take that. Understand this: it is a compliment, but I don't take it as being prideful. Do you know how I learned so much and went? Because I went through a lot of pain. And I was in the belly of the fish many times. And in those seasons, I had to learn to know God at a deeper level than I ever had before. Because I was so hurt. My first three years of ministry were absolutely grueling. I mean, it was, it was grueling what I had to go through and what church people did to me. Um, it was, it, I mean, it was really, really bad. I don't have time to get into it today. Some of you heard our, my story. My first three years, I, sh- I should have had a red flag and said, don't go into ministry. I'm glad I am in ministry. But I went through a painful season. And I had to pause and say, God, what are you doing in me? Matter of fact, I went to uh, this prayer chapel at Emmanuel Nash Prayer Chapel. And I would, when I was at college, I took time to go to that prayer chapel. And I was determined that I wanted to make sure I prayed as much as I preached each week to pray as much as I did worship services each week for youth. And so I'd go to that prayer chapel. Can I tell you, that was some of the most transforming times of my life. I wanted God to do something in me instead of God just doing something through me. Like the classes that I took, when I took that class, I wanted God to transform me through that class, not just get through the class. And so here's what you have to do. Man, value transformation. When you pick up the scripture, say, God, transform my heart. God, transform me from an angry, bitter, cynical person. Transform me from someone who only cares about myself and what I want to someone who cares about what you want. Because in the belly of the fish, Jonah had something happen in his heart. And we have to have the same thing happen as well. And so here's some ways that we see this uh, come to pass in our life. How do we do this? How do we value personal transformation? How do we see transformation? The first thing is this. Slow down. You've got to slow down. Like the, the, the thing that God did for Jonah was he was sailing to Tarshish. You know what happened? God made him slow down. He put him in a fish. He couldn't do anything. He was stuck there. And it is in that time that God began to speak to his heart. You need to get somewhere, you need to slow down and read the scriptures and ask God to speak to your heart. Intentional margin is so key. One of the things that great people do and great leaders do is they build margin in their schedule. They don't book their whole day up. They have margin to know God and to grow with God. Uh, The second thing that you and I have to do is this, value input over output, right, value input over output so like what's going to make you in your life is not what you can do for others it's what you do for yourself like everything i do here at thrive is all a product of what happens when i'm not on stage when i'm not in staff meetings, and i'm not around staff Matter of fact, you will develop a moral authority with people when you live what you preach. People know that. There's an there's a authority that God gives you. In a good way, people can sense it on you. Um, I have watched people preach sermons, and I can tell you they're full of well, whatever. And then I watch somebody else preach it, and I know that God has done that work in their heart. heart. It's real. And I said, man, I want God to do the same because that person has touched heaven, and I want to touch heaven like them. I want to be pro- But you got to value input. So for me, um, before I had my son, I read a lot of books. I'd read sometimes one to two books a week. Well, how do you do that? You've got to read fast. When I took my master's program, we had to read five books and do five year long reports within three weeks. You didn't have time to sit around and slowly read a book and highlight and just go through it. You had to pump it out and just do, 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 go, go, go. And what happened, though, I was inputting so much in my life so fast. And that was a great thing because then I had better output. So when I stood before people, I actually had something to say. You get people who want to stand up to preach and they have nothing to say. Like God, they've never been through the crucible, right? They've never done the work behind the scenes. I have this saying that has kept me uh, fresh in order to create you've got to consume let's say it one more time in order to create you've got to consume so what do i do now i don't have a lot of time to read books anymore but i do have time for podcasts i drive probably an hour or more a day uh, in my route back and forth and so what do i do i leverage that time to listen i'm listening to leadership material I'm listening on how to get better as a pastor and a leader. I'm listening to sermons. As a, matter, as a matter of fact, we have this say among the staff for the guys who push mow their lawn. I call it, you're going to grow while you mow. And I always listen to podcasts while I mow because as I'm cutting that grass, I'm sharpening my blade at the same time of my heart. And I'm always learning something. I'm always growing. So I always listen to one sermon and one piece of leadership material every week. Because if I'm going to be a great leader, if I'm going to do what God's called me to do, I can't just want to stand on stage and preach to you. i got to let God speak to me. And the final thing we're going to do is this. Here's what you have to do. Embrace the process over the end result. Many of us just want to get through it. I just want to get to the end of this thing. When God wants to do something in you and through you. God wants to speak to your heart. God wants to shape your heart. You must embrace the process of the pain that you're facing. Because God's trying to speak to you in it. Um, for me, I, I told you before, that one of the ways God ministered to me was through counseling. I went through a very terrible time in my life, and, and I have ministry coaches, and I have other, but I went and saw a counselor for an extended time. And the reason is, is because I was going through so much pain. I felt like I was in the belly of the fish. But can I tell you today that I'm able to help people, especially through messages and through uh, content that I produce, because I can say this, God did a deep work in my heart when I was going through that season. Some of you, as we said last week, want to escape it instead of embrace it. And it's doing you more harm than good. You're not being transformed. You're you're escaping your pain. You go from relationship to relationship and church to church and job to job and you keep escaping anything that's that's uncomfortable in your life. The problem is God's not able to do a, a deep work in your heart. So then when you want God to use you, there's not really much for him to use. See, it's called deepening your well. All of us have a well of our spiritual life. And the more you, pr- you, you go through the process, the more you embrace that process, the more that you allow God to process you, the deeper that well becomes. And you can talk to some people, and man, they have a deep well. Why? Because they can tell you what God has done in them and what God's doing in them. Some people can just tell you what they're going through, right? Well, I'm and they can give you a list of what they're going through. But deep people can tell you what God's doing through them in that time. And that's what the process that we have to get to. And when I went through counseling, that was a process. I understood what God was doing in me during that season. And so what I do, and here's what I want you to do. When you find yourself in the belly of the fish, when you find yourself feeling certain emotions, or you find yourself in a crucible, you've got to pause and stop telling everybody what you're going through. And get quiet, slow down, and let God input into you what he's doing in your heart. Begin to identify with the people of the Bible. Begin to see what God is doing. And when you come out on the other side, you will come out transformed. And you will come out a different person. And that's the goal of what God wants to do in you when you're in the fish. It's what God did in Jonah, and it's what he wants to do in you. So what are you going to do this week? You're going to pause as you read scriptures, as you go through things. Stop just telling Facebook what you're going through. Stop just telling others what you're experiencing. And you start knowing what God's doing in you. And you start telling others what you're experiencing with God while you're going through this. And you will see not only yourself transform, but you'll see something happen on a public realm that you never thought could happen. Because you allow God to minister to you in the private realm of your life. Thank you so much for watching and stay tuned for our next steps.
1: Hey, that was an incredible message from Pastor Kevin. And today, as you're watching this online, you may want to make the most important decision of your life. And that's the decision to follow Christ. You see, Jesus, when he came to this earth 2,000 years ago, when he was born, he didn't just give great life lessons. He didn't just perform miracles, but he is the way of salvation. You see, when he died, he was crucified on a cross. But three days later on that third day, he resurrected and came back to life. Now, that's incredible because that resurrection wasn't just him coming back to life, but that was him giving us a way for salvation, to be forgiven of our sins. Because for you and me, we can't uh, do enough good. We can't earn our way into heaven. But as it says in Romans, uh, that the only way of salvation is through believing and confessing, that we believe that Jesus was who he said he was that he died and resurrected on that third day and in that resurrection, conquered death, hell and the grave that we can be forgiven of our sins. So it's to believe that and to confess that. And if you wanna make the decision to follow Christ today, it's you doing just those two things. So here's what I'd love for you to do. The way you can confess that today is click the link in the description that says you made a decision for salvation. And what we want to do, why do we do that? Because we want to connect with you. We want to invest in your relationship with God. And we have some free resources online that we want to send to you, that we want to connect with you. Again, we want to help you have a thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're new with us here today, if this is the first time or maybe the second time you've joined us here online, we'd love to connect with you also. Make sure you click that link that says I'm new here because we want to, again, we have something we want to give to you, some free resources and just a way to bless you for being with us today. So if you would, listen, we're about to go into this week, and I don't know about you, but I need God's help uh, with everything that I'm facing. So let's pray together today. So pray with me. God, we're so thankful that we can still gather even though online. And God, I pray that over the message that Pastor Kevin shared, God, may it impact us, may it transform us, because your word is true no matter what we're facing. God, I pray that you give us your strength and your peace as we go into this week. God, we thank you for all that you have done, all that you're going to do. And it's your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today. See you soon.